You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, right, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. And you know what we had on a Sunday afternoon and a Sunday night? We had a couple of NBA Game 7s going on. We had a Game 7 going on in the Eastern Conference semifinals. We had a Game 7 going on in the Western Conference semifinals. The Eastern Conference semifinals, we have Boston taking on Milwaukee at the crib. The winner moves on to take on the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference finals. In the Western Conference semifinals, we have the Dallas Mavericks at Phoenix taking on the number one overall seed in the NBA playoffs, the Phoenix Suns. And that's where we're going to start because Dallas taking on Phoenix, game seven at Phoenix. Phoenix, the number one overall seed. In the NBA, I think they had 64 wins this season, if I'm not mistaken. And this was pushed to a game seven. And pretty much, we I, I might as well, you already know, Dallas went in there and beat the, beat Phoenix's ass. Phoenix got their ass whooped. Dallas went in there and won this ball game 123 to, to 90. Let me say that again and more clearly. Dallas went into Phoenix, a game seven, and beat the Phoenix Suns 123-90, to 90, the number one overall seed in the NBA playoffs. Got their asses beat by 33 points at home in a game seven. And it wasn't even that close. Now, I'm going to give the Dallas Mavericks and Jason Kidd all the credit in the world. Outstanding game because they came out and dominated this game from the opening tip to the final horn. This game was really a blowout soon as the ball was tipped off. Because Dallas jumped on Phoenix and was knocking down shots. And Phoenix didn't stand a chance. And they didn't stand a chance because I didn't see any effort. I didn't see any dog. Not out of Phoenix, not out of Chris Paul, not out of Devin Booker, not out of DeAndre Aiden, but I did see some dog out of them Dallas Mavericks. I saw plenty of dog out of Luka Doncic. I saw plenty of dog out of Jalen Brunson. I saw plenty of dog out of Spencer Dinwiddie. I saw plenty of dog out of the Dallas Mavericks. So as much as I have to dog Phoenix, I have to give the Dallas Mavericks that much credit because Luka Doncic was a monster. Luka Doncic is a monster. Luka Doncic is unguardable. Luka finished with 35 points, 10 rebounds. 12 and 19 from the field, 6-11 from three-point range. And he crossed up Cam Johnson one time and put him right on his ass and then just paused and sprinkled a triple in his face and went the other way. It was just one of those games. Luka had 35 and 10. And he took it easy on Phoenix. Jalen Brunson, the point guard, had 24 points. He goes 11 to 19 from the field, constantly taking Chris Paul down in the paint. And that's what Jason Kidd in Dallas did. 
They made Chris Paul last play defense. They made him work. Chris Paul, 37 years old. So I know he's probably a little tired, but we're not making any excuses for him. But they made Chris Paul work. They were not going to let Chris Paul rest on the defensive end because Jalen Bronson kept taking them down low, uh, posting them up. And he gave them that work. Spencer Dinwiddie comes off the 30 points. Spencer Dinwiddie did what he did in Brooklyn, putting up buckets. Spencer Dinwiddie came off the bench 30 points, 11 to 15 from the field, knocked down five of seven, three. I mean, they were just balling all over the place. And they jumped on them early, first quarter. Luka had 12 points in the first quarter, eight rebounds, three assists. Dallas were up, was up 27-17 at the end of the first. And in the same first quarter, Luka Doncic is the Mavericks, Mavericks superstar. He came out and played like a superstar. In that first quarter, Devin Booker 0 for 5, Chris Paul 0 for 2. And it was just one of those nights because they never got their game going. And the fact of the matter is I never saw Chris Paul like being active and aggressive trying to get his game going because he only took eight shots, scored 10 points, and he got outplayed. Devin Devin Booker just sucked it up. 11 points, 3 or 14 from the field. Didn't hit nary a three-pointer. Now, this dude's that get, this is a dude that gives you automatic buckets. 0 for 4 from three-point range. Played like trash. Chris Paul played like trash. DeAndre Aiden played like trash. The Phoenix Suns played like trash. And the Dallas Mavericks played like a treasure. But this game was over from the opening tip, and it's surprising. Because I'm just knowing Phoenix, it's a, I, I picked them on my show, on the Doc Holiday show on YouTube. If you hadn't watched it, go subscribe and check it out. I picked Phoenix to win. I'm like, okay, that's a game seven. Chris Paul, he's going to get over the hump this year. They got a nice squad, man. They're playing good ball. Mikael Bridges, D up. DeAndre Aiden, has, his game has propelled, and he balled. Devin Booker, Mr. Buckets, and Chris Paul, hey, he's been playing like an all-star point guard. He's been playing like a legend, which he is a legend, but now he's not legendary. He's not legendary. Chris Paul is a legend, but he's not legendary. And I can say this game was over at the opening tip. At the end of the first half, it definitely was over. End of the first half. Check this out. Dallas was up 27-17 at the end of the first quarter. End of the first half, the Suns scored 10 points in the second quarter. End of the first half, Dallas was up 57-27. to Biggest halftime lead in the history of game sevens in the NBA playoffs. Up 30 on the road against the number one team in the NBA. Luka was pretty much done. He already had 20, 27 points at the half. Spencer Dinwiddie already had 21 of his 30 points he would end up with. with. Now at the half, Luka had 27. Spencer Dinwiddie had 21. Chris Paul at halftime, one point. Devin Booker at halftime, two points. DeAndre Ayton at halftime, three points. So their big three had six points. Combined at halftime. And the Mavericks, big one with a role player, Luca and Dinwiddie, had 48. 
at halftime. But salute to Dallas. They went out, they went in there and took care of business. They went in there and played with the purpose. They played with confidence. They played as a team. And the fact of the matter is that Luka Doncic, he's the man. And he puts up big buckets. And he's pretty much unguardable. But when he was out against Utah, that allowed Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie to really grow and show people, look, we can do this thing, man, without Luka if we have to. But that allowed their games to flourish. And I don't know if it gave them any more confidence than they already have, have but it showed people that without Luka in there, Jalen and Spencer can, Dinwiddie can put up work, and they put in work. And it was embarrassing for Phoenix. A game, you just don't expect that from a game seven. As much as Chris Paul has struggled in the playoffs in his, in his career, outstanding career, but he looked 37 years old in this game. He's looked 37 years old in the last three or four games of this series after looking so great in that first round series. But not this one. Not this one at all. And I, if, if I was a Phoenix Suns fan, I, I, they were booing him. And they should have booed him. Lil Wayne at the game. I know he tweeted out once before, Luca a hoe. I bet maybe he maybe he meant to say Luca a whole problem. He left out the L E and the word problem. Because Luca was a problem. And Phoenix got embarrassed. They got embarrassed on national television. But on the flip side, Jason Kidd had Dallas ready to go. He had the Mavericks prepared to play. He had the Mavericks. Look, don't let Devin Booker get off. That was his thing. Let anybody else score. Don't let Devin Booker get off. Because they're going to go as he goes. Don't let Devin Booker go off. And they didn't. They stayed on him. And Devin Booker can't get free to get any shots. But you can tell he, got, he was frustrated. You can tell he didn't know what to do. Because when he did get open looks, they wasn't falling. And Chris Paul, if you that dude, man, I'm sorry. You, you the point guard. You got to take more than eight shots, especially when y'all getting y'all ass whooped like that. You have to take more. Than, you got to be more aggressive than that. And DeAndre Aiden, just four rebounds, just five points. At one point, Dallas was up 46 points. Now, I don't know why there's been so many blowouts and ass whoopers in this second round of the playoffs, and then, but well, we've, we've had quite a few. At one point, the Dallas Mavericks were up 46 points on the road in the game seven against the number one team in the NBA. That's astonishing. That's baffling. But you got to give it to Jason Kidd. I got to give it to the Dallas Mavericks. They took care of business. Phoenix Suns. Y'all underachieved once again. Well, y'all made it to the finals last year. You lost. You ain't getting to the finals this year. And I don't know. I don't know if Chris Paul will ever win an NBA championship. 
I I don't think he'll ever win one as one of the as one of the leading players on the team. Now he may win one this later part of his career in a supporting role, but he can't be. He's not one of the. He, he won't. I don't think he'll win one as a leading player on the team because he ran out of gas. And Jason Kidd made it a point: make him Jalen Brunson, make him work on the defensive end, man. Take him to the paint, bang into his chest, post him up, make him guard you. And more often than not, Chris Paul couldn't guard him. He couldn't, he couldn't deal with that young buck. He couldn't deal with them young legs. He couldn't deal with that young royal. He couldn't. And Jalen Brunson abused them. And Dallas abused Phoenix. So now they move on to the Western Conference Finals to take on the Golden State Warriors, who are there waiting, who just did away with my Memphis Grizzlies in six games. But really, I, all I can say about this is just, wow. And damn. And WTF? And what the hell? And salute. Because that was a thorough ass whooping Dallas put on Phoenix. And I got to salute him. And Luca, dude, you some serious, big dog. And when you got Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson helping you like that and balling out, man, Dallas, boy, telling you now. I'm telling you. So salute to the Dallas Mavericks for beating the hell out of the Phoenix Suns. Once again, 123 to 90. And they move on to the Western Conference Finals. Phoenix, y'all ass gone. Well, y'all at home. Just stayed at the crib. Pack up, get ready for next season. And the other game was also a blowout. Boston and Milwaukee, the defending NBA champions at home trying to advance to game seven. No, Milwaukee was on the road. They had to go to Boston and try to win this game seven. I stand corrected. Boston at the crib. So the defending NBA champions trying to go into the garden and close this out. And it just was not happening. It was not happening. It was not happening. Boston beat the buck out of Milwaukee. Let me say that again. Boston beat the buck out of Milwaukee. 109 to 81. And they did it. It was a team effort. They really came out locked in. They really came out and showed why a lot of people are picking them to win the NBA championship this year. Because when I say they came out and took care of business, they came out and took care of business. First half was pretty, you know, it was pretty even. Boston was up 48-43 at halftime. But in the second half, third quarter especially, nah, Celtics, Celtics pulled away from their games. Pulled away from them. To just beat the defending champions like that in a game seven. Now, they was at the crib, which helped. But that was also another thorough ass whooping. Jason Tatum, 23 points, six rebounds, eight assists. Outstanding game for him, even though 
he got in foul trouble. So he had to sit down at one point. But when he sat down, all Boston did was to increase their lead. And they was able to increase their lead with Jason Tatum sitting down because of foul trouble because Grant Williams was absolutely hooping. Grant Williams, the Tennessee ball, goes for a career-high 27 points, 7 of 18 from three-point range. He was knocking them joints down. And at first, he was, he was yakking them up, and he was missing. And I was like, Grant, you need to stop shooting, man. But he didn't stop shooting because eventually they started falling. When they was falling, he was straight buckets. The first time he's led the Boston Celtics in scoring, he did it in a game seven. Grant Williams had 27 points, seven of 18 from three-point range. Jalen Brown finished with 19 points and eight rebounds. But also, they got a huge, my man off the bench, Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard, 14 points, four of six from three-point range. And Peyton, he knocked down a couple of huge threes, keeping the momentum going for Boston and killing anything that Milwaukee was hoping to do or trying to do. And I love the confidence Peyton Pritchard played with. And I think at one time he had a three-point and said, this is what I do. And he showed it because he switched them. He switched them. Switched them. And they pulled away from him, specifically in that third quarter because Jalen Brown didn't really play that well in the first half, but he came out in the third quarter hooping. I think he scored, I think he scored seven points in the first three minutes. Nine points in the third quarter. Grant Williams had 22 points through three quarters. And that's when Boston took control of the game in the third quarter. And they never gave up the lead after that. They never gave up the lead. Giannis Antetokounmpo did what he could. 25 points, 20 rebounds, nine assists, but 10 or 26 from the field. He had 10 points in the first quarter. Looked like he was on his way to a monster game. And you look at the numbers. If you just looked at the numbers, you would think it's a monster game. But it wasn't. They were throwing bodies at him. They were double, double teaming him. Throwing different bodies at him. Switching defenders on him. Double teaming him and Giannis trying to back, back his defenders down into the paint. Then they double team him. He'll kick it out to someone. And, but th those someones were not hitting open. They were not hitting the open jump shot. And a lot of times Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday was getting at the starting point guard and he just couldn't knock him down. He had 21 points, but he went 0 of 6 in three-point range. 9 of 21 from the field. And Giannis looked a little worn down because he does everything. He runs up and down the court. He hustles. He blocks. He scores. He charges the basket every chance he gets. He hits the offensive glass. He hits the defensive glass. And he was playing without his, he was playing without his dude, Chris Middleton who's been out hurt. So I knew Giannis and the Bucs, without Chris Middleton going against the Boston Celtics team, that's pretty much all their, all their top players are healthy. I knew he wasn't going to be able to overcome, overcome that in no game seven, and he did. And he did. But in the first half, it looked like he had some help. Boston, as I said, was up five. At halftime, Giannis had 17 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. Brooke Lopez, 11.6 rebounds at the half. But at the half, Jason Tatum already had 17 points and was 4 for 4 for 3 point range. That's how he came locked in. So he's a superstar. 
Jalen Brown had 10 points at the half. Grant Williams had 11 points at the half. And in that half, Giannis scored or, or assisted on 33 of the Bucks, 43 points. So, so think about how much energy he was exerting. And he can't do it all, man. He tried, but he couldn't do it all. So they will not be defending their NBA title in the NBA finals because Boston took care of business. Jason Tatum has literally elevated to superstar status in the NBA now. If, if, if his name wasn't already being mentioned among the best players in the NBA, you have to mention them now. Because foul trouble had him on the bench, but he still had 23-6-8. And when he sat down, his teammates stepped up for him. And Grant Williams, I salute you, man, because I was telling you to stop shooting, but you didn't. And those three started falling, and their confidence popped in, and that's exactly what Boston needed. That's exactly what they needed. And when they was letting them threes go, they was letting them threes go. Boston hit 22 threes. Milwaukee hit just four. That tells you right there. So 22 times three is 66. Four times three is 12. 22 times three, 66. So they got 66 points from three-point range. The Bucs hit four. They got 12 points from three-point range. So Boston got 54 more points from them in three, on, on three, off three-pointers. Man, you can't overcome that. And they didn't overcome it. And Giannis couldn't overcome that whole Boston Celtics team doing what he was doing. And it was just an impressive win by the Boston Celtics. They showed why people have them picked to win the championship. So they move on and face the Miami Heat, and that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one, my guy. That's going to be a good one. The number one seed in the East versus the number two seed in the East. That's how it's supposed to go. On the other side, you got the... The three, three seed in the West versus the four seed. Top two, top two seeds in the West gone. Phoenix and Memphis. But Boston and the, the Heat. That's what people wanted. That's what they got. So that should be a very, very good competitive Eastern Conference Finals. And I expect the Eastern Conference Finals to go seven games. I expect the Western Conference Finals. Now, I expect it to go six games. But I don't know. Yeah, I expect it to go six games. Because Dallas ain't the, ain't, the, they don't, they ain't the biggest team. They kind of made up like Golden State. So I, I, I expect Golden State to win that series in six games. Boston and Miami, that's a seven-game series. I ain't even trying to call a, a winner on that. I ain't even trying to call a winner on that. Well, that's it. The Dallas Mavericks beat the hell out of the Phoenix Suns 123-90 in game seven. Move on to the Western Conference Finals. Boston Celtics beat the hell out of the Bucks 109-81. Move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston with the big knockout of the Bucks, And speaking of knockouts, speaking of knockouts, 
Now I'm a huge boxing fan. I, even though I played football, boxing was my first sport. Boxing and basketball. Then I played football. But boxing was my first sport. I love boxing. People why, ask me why I love boxing because I like to fight. I love the fact of mano e mano, man on oh man. Let's throw these hands, man. Let's throw these hands. It ain't got to be no hate after it. Let's throw these hands. That's the ultimate warrior sport to me. I know UFC and, M and uh, MMA. I know all of that, but you can kick it out. But right here, we just throwing these hands, bro. You stand in front of me or whatever. Let's get in this ring and throw these hands. That's why I love boxing so much. And Jamel, Jamel, Jamel Charlo and Brian Castaño. This was the sequel. First time they fought. It was a draw. This time, only draw it was was Jamel Charlo drawing, drawing back this goddamn compact left to knock his ass out. And this, first of all, Jamel Charlo, beautiful 10th round TKO of Brian Castagna. All props to Jamel Charlo. But this was a great fight. They were going at each other's ass, man. You hear me? If y'all didn't see this fight on Showtime, they were going at it. And Brian Castaño is a tough-ass dude. Because this whole fight, Charlo, the twin, Jermail, at twin Charlo, because I was, I tweeted, I was tweeting, I ended up tweeting at him last night, but I, was, I ended up tweeting at his twin brother. And somebody on Twitter said, Dog, quit tagging the wrong person. You, you tagging his brother. I'm like, damn, so is. But Jamel Charlo and Brian Castagno, man, they put on a show. They put on a show. Charlo was hitting Castagno with some. I mean, he was making them eat some punches, but all Castagno was doing was still coming forward, still coming forward, putting pressure on him. And all Charlo was doing, like, oh, I got you. You punch. I counter. I land. I make you eat it. Castagno still coming. Castaño hit Charlo with some. Charlo come right back. I mean, they, they were scrapping. But the way it ended, and I tell people, man, when you're talking noise and you're about to get in a fight, you tell somebody, bro, don't get slumped. Or, dog, I'm going to fold your ass up. Jamel Charlo did both to Brian Castaño. First, he slumped him. He slumped him in the 10th round. That's when the fight ended. Because Castaño's face was all twisted up like Martin Lawrence when he fought Thomas Hearns. But he was still scrapping, though. And Jamel Charlo looked, after the fight, looked like he just looked like he looked before the fight. Even though Castaño was landing some punches, but Charlo showing great footwork. His counterpunch game was good. He was aggressive when he needed to be aggressive, but Castaño always had the high defense going on with, with his hands. And he did a good, he did a good job of, of blocking some of those shots and keeping those hands up high to protect that dome. But in the 10th round, Charlo finally caught him. Castaño was trying to put his hands up to protect that temple. But Charlo, that's why I tell cats, when y'all fighting, man, you see cats fighting, they swinging all wild and, 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 and open. And, man, you can't fight. Because your hardest punches are them short, quick, compact ones. They got power in them. And they come fast and you don't see them. 
you winding up. I see that. I see that punch coming. You leaving your face wide open. But in the 10th round, Stanyo had taken some punches. Charlo caught his ass. Castaño was trying to put them gloves up. Man, Charlo came with a beautiful, quick, compacted left hook to the temple. It slid right over the top of Castaño's glove. It slid, it slid right over the top of his right glove, which was making his way up to protect his temple. And Charlo slid that thing right over the top of his glove, caught his temple, and it was a delayed slump. That's how you know how hard it was. He rattled his whole damn body, man. It took him a while for the confusion in his brain to get to the rest of his head, the rest of his body. Charlo slid that left compact, short left compact hook over Castaño's glove and hit him in his temple. And it was like one 1,000 slump. I mean, he just slumped. And Charlo, like the professional he is, went to the corner and just watched. Referee went in there, got Castaño on his feet, looked him over real quick, gave it the green light, and Charlo didn't just rush in. He's a professional. He's a champion. He patiently, but he, he went at that ass, though. Man, then after he slumped him, Charlo came and made Castaño eat a left uppercut. Oh, and it was placed so perfectly. He made him eat a left uppercut, and then he hit him with a left hook to the body. Folding him. So Charlo did two of the things we say in the hood when you about to scrap. Bro, don't get your ass slumped. Bro, I'm going to fold your ass up. He slumped him, then he folded him, and it was over. It was over. Fight over. Charlo. Convincing. Beating at first. Because he started winning those latter rounds. Because for about the first six rounds, six or seven rounds, I think the scorekeepers had it even because they were going at it. But Charlo's such a strong fighter. Jermail Charlo's such a strong fighter. He stayed patient. And he's been whooping ass ever since he took his first loss. And he went in there and took care of business in Carson, California. He and his brother, Lions Promotion, they put on a show. But, man, just watching that fight, it was just so exciting. That fight was better than the first one, and the first one was a draw. Because they were good. No one was running from the other one. It ain't like I'm finna, I'm finna feel you out. They were fighting. And that's what people pay to see. Two warriors go at it. And it was all respect after the fight, which is how it's supposed to be. Even when brothers out here fighting on the streets, we fist fight, it should be all love after the fight, bro. But they put on a show. But just seeing that left compact hook, he, that, that, that left compact, short left compact hook, he slid over his glove and hit him in his temple and slumped his ass with the delay. Then he folded him up. Oh, my gosh, man. So Jamel Charlo was already the WBC, WBA, IBF champion. Castaño came in with that WBO belt. So Charlo said, run me that. 
run me that. So now he's the undisputed super welterweight champion at 154 pounds. He's that dude. I think he's only just the seventh, if I'm correct, undisputed male champion at that weight, 154 pounds. And it was impressive, man. It was impressive. So Jamel Charlo, salute to you, man. And y'all camp with you and your brother, Jamal, and Earl Spence. Y'all training. And y'all each dominating y'all division. Earl Spence and Bud Crawford, Terrence Crawford, y'all got to fight, my guy. Y'all too damn good. Y'all got to fight each other, man. But Jamel Charlo, extremely impressive, man. Extremely impressive what you did. Salute to you. Because you damn so, y'all damn so entertained. And I love what I saw. So it was a nice little sports weekend for me. Nice little sports weekend for me. NHL had, the NHL had two game sevens, but please don't ask me who won in either one of them because I was not paying attention. And I do not care. Because I don't like the NHL. But I do like the original sixes. The first professional hockey league was a hockey league of black men. The original sixes. But I'm still not a hockey fan. But I am a history. I am a history fan. I like to, I like to read history. But Jamel Charlo, salute to you. Dallas Mavericks, salute to you. Boston Celtics, salute to you. And now we look forward to. Conference finals, then the NBA finals. Well, that's going to do it for another great episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. I'm out. Oh.